Welcome to Sharing Our Journey, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. We're glad that you're with us right now, and today I'm with David Carpenter, our youth pastor. How's everybody doing? And my name is Bo Harris. I'm the worship pastor here at Harrodsburg Baptist Church, and uh, this week I have the honor of being able to speak to our congregation this Sunday morning um, on how worship is our response. Yeah, Bo, we kicked off a series last week. And for the next, I guess, four weeks from here, these two weeks, we're looking at these kind of core values of our church, kind of dialing in our focus. I think sometimes where, you know, bodies of believers struggle is, you know, they they have good intentions, mm-hmm. they have a good heart, yeah. but, but they don't really know why they do what they do and where to turn their attention. Of course, Jonathan started last week saying Jesus is the answer that, man, got to start there. Nothing else that we could ever say will ever matter if we don't believe that. And then this week, uh, of course, you know, we included you into teaching where that's not something you normally do on Sundays, uh, but for the purpose of, of giving you uh, and, and kind of the ministry that you lead here at our church, uh, air to breathe. Why is it, I think for most people, whether they attend our church or whether they go to another church or another body of believers, what we would call worship yeah. is the majority of their most regular gathering. Yeah. That that's a regular rhythm in so many places and so many churches and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But we we really want our people to understand why do we do this? What is its purpose? What is its value? What what does it really mean to truly worship? Yeah. And um something I appreciate about you is that you really are are not a worship leader at our church, but truly you are a worship pastor. You're on our pastoral team because your heart is through worship in in many different ways, but through worship to lead our people and to pastor our people. And I'm hoping that through this conversation today, they really hear that and and through the word of God, they're they're encouraged. And that for for our church, man, we are challenged to be people that truly uh, live lives responding to, to the work of Jesus in worship continually. Yeah. Yeah. I, a few years ago, I, um, not, not a few years ago, a lot of years ago now, uh, I went to a Christian music festival, uh, called Ichthus. It's really close to here. It used to be really yeah. close to, here. I guess actually they've re- rebooted it and they're, they're starting to have it again, but they didn't have it for several years. Um, but there was a guy there who used to be decently big. His name was uh, Sean Groves. I don't know if you ever heard any of his songs, but he said something that really impacted me. I mean, this is when I was in like a senior in high school. <clears throat> so it's been like 20 years. <laughs> but uh, he said something that's kind of always stuck with me. He, he said, are, he, he asked, are you ready to worship with me? And everybody kind of cheered and clapped and whatever. And he said, worship is a response. Mm. It's a response with all that we are to all that he is. It's a response to everything that he is doing and has done and will do in us and through us and around us. But it's it's more than just a song. It's a response with your life. And that was that was something that just really, really stuck with me and impacted me on a on a as a minister, as someone who felt newly at that time called to ministry the Lord allowed me to remember that. Yeah. And, uh, and so when we started talking about this sermon series and the thing was worship is your, our, is our response. I was like, man, that's exactly what yeah. that's kind of, it's like, that's kind of my origin story in yeah. a way. Uh, cause it was so, it's, I, I relate it so, 
uh, closely with my calling as a minister, yes. um, that statement and its impact on me. So today we're going to be reading in, in Acts 16. Did you have yeah. something you wanted to say? No, uh, I just, I, I, uh, I, I love that sentiment. And of course, you know, as we kind of put together these value statements, um, that is not a story I'd heard you share before, but it's very interesting now God's spirit kind of led us back to those same words that have impacted you so greatly. And now that as you lead, you know, this area of our church, how um, our worship gatherings are kind of led with that mantra over them, that worship is a response. And that that I think you had to start last week in understanding Jesus is the answer because, hey, we can be the best singers or doers or whatever in the world. Right. And it's all in vain if Jesus is not the answer. But here yeah. we have the opportunity or invited in to worshiping and, and, res- and responding to, to what God has done through so many things in our lives. And I can take you back, and I know me and you have talked about this before, to moments in my life where I worshiped in celebration or I worshiped in sorrow. I worshiped in faith of what God would do um, and, yeah. and transformational moments that are around um, worship. And and I'm I'm excited for, for our people to, to hear what was a story in the Bible of two people who's, you know, a story of worship that that's pretty dramatic. I think that's okay to say yeah. about scripture. Yeah. Um, it's it's impactful. It's memorable. And I, I'm praying that that people in, in our church community and and you wherever part of whatever church community you're a part of um, will be impacted um, by 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 worship when you have a, a greater understanding of what it truly means in our lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we'll find that this story um, really. Ties in well with last week and even where we're going in this uh, sermon series. So, so yeah, we're going to be in Acts 16. We're going to start in verse 16 and read through. uh, We'll start by reading through verse 24. All right. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 says this. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Verse 19, But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had... Uh, brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they're disturbing our city. The advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrate tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stocks. Yeah, so Paul and Silas, <clears throat> in this story, they're in the city of Philippi. And I guess to give some context to that, Philippi was uh, a Roman colony at this time, started by a guy named Philip several hundred years before. Turns out, though, that Philip was um, the father of this guy that you might have heard of, known as Alexander the Great. Yeah. And so this is Alexander the Great's hometown okay. and, um, and they had, they had special privileges in, in the Roman empire. Mm-hmm. They were seen, they had the same rights as the city of Rome itself. Mm. 
And so because of their, their rich history and because of this status that they had with Rome, they were a very proud people. I mean, anytime pride comes into play, yeah. you've got a story on your hands, right? 100%. So, so, so this is where Paul and Silas are, and they've already met with some believers in the city who were worshiping outside the city at the river. They didn't have a building. They didn't have uh, a synagogue to meet in. They just they met out by the river outside the city walls to to worship once a week, and. And, um, and Paul and Silas have gone there. They've talked to those people. They've seen people come to know the Lord. And now they've been in the city for these few days. And there's this, this girl following around yeah. who's possessed by a demon. Yep. And she's shouting what seems like a truthful, positive thing, that these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. You're like, what's the problem? Like, isn't, <laughs> yeah. that, isn't that why they're there? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I have a couple of little kids Mm -hmm. and sometimes when I'm reading them a Bible story at night, Mm -hmm. or if I'm just trying to tell a story or talk to my wife and have a conversation with her every 10 seconds, they will interrupt, they'll interject and they'll stop the flow of the story. Yeah. And it can be so aggravating. <laughs> yeah. And this is what I imagine is happening here. Yeah. That this is this this demon clearly doesn't want to help yeah. spread yeah. the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm sure none of our parents that are listening ever can have their kids interrupt them. You know, that's just your kids. <laughs> it's bow. just mine. Nobody else's kids ever do that. That's a very, you know, abnormal situation. We understand, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so I feel, I think Paul and Silas are trying to minister to people and preach to people and sh- and spread truth and hope and and uh, and and grace. Mm-hmm. And this demonic force is constantly right behind them, interrupting. Yeah. And finally, Paul can't take it anymore. Yeah. He's reached his. He he just can't. He's like patience is out. Yeah, it's He's out. had it's enough. Gone. And um and so he rebukes the demon. And casts it out of the girl in, yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And the demon leaves and this girl is healed. And we don't even get to see what happens to the girl. I, w- I, I wish we did. Yeah. I kind of, I hope that she's in heaven, right? Yeah. Because I would love to get to talk to her yeah. about how this all went down from her perspective someday. She's a slave, right? And her owner uh, realizes that she can no longer fortune tell. Yeah. And so he's really ticked off because yeah. he's making a lot of money. Yeah. Again, there's there's some pride there, right? Yeah. So he he says he's like he goes to the the officials. He's like, hey, these guys are trying to make us practice things that are unlawful for us Romans. Yeah. To practice and see how he says for us Romans. Yeah. That's because they they have this elite status of mm-hmm. being as if they are in the city of Rome itself. Yeah. Um. So there's a huge amount of pride here. <clears throat> And then the crowd feels that way also. And the crowd joins in this attack against Paul and Silas. So I want you to try to put yourself in Paul and Silas's shoes. All right. They are arrested Mm -hmm. publicly. Yeah. They've been in the city for days. Yeah. It seems like they've been speaking pretty freely. At least that's what it seems like. All of a sudden, the crowd is completely against them. They're attacking them verbally, maybe maybe even trying to reach out and attack them physically. They're stripped publicly of their clothes. Mm-hmm. 
So now they're naked before the crowd. Yeah. Then they're beaten um, in front of the crowd, um, flogged, severely flogged. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're then dragged through the streets naked and beaten yeah. and thrown into prison and not just into prison, but thrown into the inner cell, yeah. into the inner prison, which is like where you put the worst of the worst. The people yeah. you want to make sure they don't get away. Yep. They go in the inner prison yeah. and their, their feet and hands are, are put in the, in the stocks. And this is not like, you know, they don't have padding around them no, or anything. No, no. <laughs> these, are, these are very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, one size fits all stocks yeah. that are they're 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 bolted to the wall yeah and they're bleeding yeah they have open wounds and they're bruised and now they're in the stocks in a place that probably hasn't been cleaned out they're probably in there standing in the feces of whoever was in there before them with their mm-hmm. open wounds yeah reputation Shattered, yeah, it would seem. Yeah. Uh, the reason the whole mission for them being there, it seems like it's come to an end, yeah, you know. Uh, and I have to ask, how would I respond? Yeah, because that is not a good situation, yeah. And most people would not respond well because they have not done anything wrong. In fact, they helped that girl, yeah, who was possessed by a demon, yeah. And they cast that demon out and set her free. Yeah. And then this is how they're treated. This is how, this is the response they get from the people of Philippi. Yeah. That's a hard situation. Definitely. And it's so interesting here because I think, you know, you look at this story and what we're looking at today in the context of this entire series, you know, I think it's easy to get excited and say, yeah, Jesus is the answer, man. And and Jesus rose from the dead and, and that's good news and that's true. But then we go and try and tell some people about it and they got us beaten and they stripped us naked and drug us through the street. What in the world <laughs> is going on yeah. from, you know, from, from experiencing the good news of Jesus and, and trying to do a good thing, yeah. trying to share that, that good news with, with this city and, and, and um, being on this mission. It's so interesting here. Uh, something I, I noticed that I did not notice reading this earlier is they were upset and said, you know, it's not uh, lawful for us as Romans to accept or, or practice. You know, these people that accused them were um, relying and, and leaning on their Roman citizenship. Paul yeah. was a Roman citizenship, yeah. or a Roman citizen, excuse me. Paul could have easily said, well, hey, if we're relying on a Roman citizenship, you can check mine because I'm a Roman citizen. But Paul didn't. <coughs> well, so it, Paul it, ex- that comes into play later in the story, but yeah. <laughs> Paul, experienced, Paul experienced these things. And, and it's amazing because, you know, here you, you have to ask yourself, man, how would I respond? How do I respond when I experience yeah. inconvenience or frustration or pain or sorrow or suffering? How, how, what's my response? Well, how many of us go straight to our rights? Like it's my yeah. right as an American to mm-hmm. do this thing or to yep. worship this way or, or to I'm speak a member of this freely church. of this. And, <laughs> I'm and, a this. And Paul, you know, yep. you're right. He was, he was a Roman citizen and he could have immediately said, hey, stop. Yeah. Because the law, the Roman law, said that because he was a Roman citizen, that if he were to be arrested or accused of something, before he could be touched, 
he had to have a fair trial. Yeah. That was the first thing that had to happen. Yeah. That doesn't happen here. Yeah. And he could have said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he could have pulled the citizenship card literally. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't. And that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, that the way that this all plays out could not have played out more beautifully, mm-hmm. but they are beaten down and bruised and in the inner cell. Yeah. That's where they are. And they, if, it, it, let me ask you, if they complained right now, mm-hmm. could you blame them? No, certainly not. No, me either. <laughs> I mean, it, if you want to talk I've about complained rice, for a lot less, a let's lot just less. say that, let's, you know, <laughs> let's just say, let's just put it this way. Have any of us as Christians in the United States, mm-hmm. have we experienced anything close to this? No. As for our belief? No. No. Uh, not anywhere close. Mm. Now, sure, there are people in other parts of the world, even today, that yeah. do. Yeah. But, um, and man, we need to be lifting them up in prayer. Uh, that that their stories end like this one's about to. Um, but we have not experienced things like that. So if they were to respond in in complaints, in yeah. negativity, in in shouting, in 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 the way that the world would. What would have been the outcome of that? Would they have gotten out of prison? I mean, I guess we don't know the end of the story yet. Spoiler alert: They're going to get out of prison yeah. the next day. But would they have gotten out of prison? Yeah. If they had been complaining, if they had yeah. been cursing out the guards, yeah. If they had been, you know, physically violent, would anyone have cared? That he was a Roman citizen at that point? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, 100%. He doesn't respond that way, though. So, uh, but I think it's important that we put ourselves in the shoes of these characters as we're reading this, because then we can can begin to kind of self-evaluate how we would respond in that situation. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. Yeah. So let's see how they respond in this situation. Picking up in verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the, uh, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Verse 31, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And they took them uh, the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then uh, he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I look at this story. And I think you've done such a great job setting up. This is not the moment that most of us would think to worship. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about Jesus on the cross, who, when he said, um, you know, he said, uh, when he spoke from the cross, he he quoted Psalm 22. Right. That Jesus quite literally was singing worship songs 
in his darkest hour mm -hmm. and how Paul and Silas here when are he could barely that. breathe when he could barely breathe. Yeah. Bo, I don't know about you, but I don't know that if I had been in this circumstance at midnight, nonetheless, my first thought would have been worship, maybe prayer. God, please get me out of this. God, please make this pain go away. God, please fix this problem. God, what are you going to do about this? God, I was trying to follow you and you got me. Maybe I'd pray. But to worship yeah. in this moment shows some something interesting about Paul and Silas here. And it, it is a challenge, I think, to you and I in our church community uh, as we look at, at worship. Well, I think it shows some maturity yeah, in the definitely. faith. I mean, and gosh, yeah, the... About midnight. That's what's so interesting to me about this mm -hmm. is that it says about midnight. Yeah. Like we just learned that they're in the inner cell. Yeah. They've had the worst day. Yeah. And now it's in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's, it's about midnight. It's, it's in the dead of night and yeah. at, at, in the darkest yeah. part of the, of the day. Yeah. In the darkest place they could be. Yeah. And what did they choose to do? Yeah. They choose to pray and sing hymns to God. Mm. And you know, it's, it's hard to say, like, we don't, we don't know what we would do Yeah, and until you're in that situation. You don't really know yeah. how you, you can th hope and think that I would respond, you know, yeah. I would respond this way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that for sure. Cause I've never been in that situation. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fair to say that, that, a lot of people would not respond this way. And I think it's what's so great about the fact that this, this, this first paragraph here of this part of the story, it says that they were, they were praying, they were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now I have to stop and think, when have they ever heard a sound like that? Mm, yeah. Because you know that most of what they've heard has been shouting, yep. cursing, yep. Uh, crying, people beating each other, gnashing of teeth. <laughs> um, but when have they ever heard praise? Yeah. When have they ever heard prayer? Yep. And, and there's 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 this old hymn that I'm sure that you've heard. It's called Amazing Grace. It says, yeah. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Yeah. And I don't know what inspired that, that line exactly, but I read this and I think that is the sound of Amazing Grace. Yeah. When people in their darkest hour choose not to complain but to worship. Yep. That is not how the world responds. Yep. And if we're called to be set apart from the world, a peculiar people, yeah. a people that look different than everyone else, then we can't respond like everyone else. Yep. We have to respond differently. Yeah. And this is how we respond in worship. Yeah. I, I think you, you learn a lot about people when you watch them uh, have their their plans and their lives and 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 things that they kind of had counted on ripped away from them 
Yeah. When things suddenly change, when you experience grief and loss in a way uh, that's just unexplainable and and that you can't plan for. And when you we go through things like that, when you watch others go through things like that, th- their true character and their true heart and focus is so exposed because you don't have the patience yeah. or the energy to kind of to cover them. Right. And what I think you're seeing here in Paul and Silas and what the world should see in us is that before we're in these kind of moments, spiritually, physically, emotionally, whatever, we should build our lives in a rhythm and a practice of worshiping right? and building that muscle. It's like training. Yeah. I mean, it, it's literally like going to the gym that we go and we work a muscle to make it stronger so that in the moment of testing and trial, yeah. we are prepared for, for what will happen in that moment, that we've already strengthened ourselves yeah. for that trial. Yeah. And I think you're seeing that here in, in Paul and Silas, but Bo, I think what what we don't see in our world, especially I think in, in American context, in the Southern United States, Christian culture is common. It's it's common. I think most people in this part of the country specifically would probably tell you, oh yeah, I like Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm, I got a cross necklace or a cross decoration in my house. I, I, I'm a Christian, but, but I would... I would, I would believe that many of us who may say those things in a moment like this would not turn to praise, right. that our language would not be uh, focused on God. And, and what you really see here about Paul and Silas especially is where their focus is, where their, where their attention is, where their hearts rest. Yeah. Because in this moment of trial, in, in, um, immediately— yeah. Their voices and their attention and their hearts turn to God and, and choose to to sing hymns to Him. Right. Well, I mean, even you know, I you even hear people joke about like I stumped my toe and I almost let some words slip. Yeah. Like even just little things yeah. like that, uh, where your language doesn't reflect or when who you are. Someone cuts you off in traffic. Yeah. And <laughs> and here, I mean, if anybody had a reason or an excuse to yeah. to curse or to curse yeah. another person, yeah, it was Paul and Silas, and they don't. Yeah. And I want us to move on and see the the effects of their their choice okay. to respond in worship. Yeah. Because I think this is what like it's worth it just to worship. Yeah. But I think this is what this is like the icing on the cake. Yeah. Okay. What happens next is okay, the other prisoners were listening to them. I think that that's really important. That is a testimony. Yeah. That is a testimony. Yeah. And then suddenly there was this great earthquake, right? That shook the foundations of the prison. And what happens is it says at once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Now I want you to notice it does not say Paul and Silas door flew open and Paul and Silas chains came loose. Yeah. It says everybody's. Yeah everybody's doors flew open. Everybody's chains came loose. That yeah. is the power of responding in worship. Yeah. There's, there's freedom in worship. And Bo, I think something that's important for people in a church context to hear, sometimes when you, when you come to church on Sunday morning, I believe 
we worship communally. Here's the truth. Bo, you're a talented musician. We've got some incredible people on our team here. We do, yeah. But but you can stay at home and listen to world-class musicians sing praise music on your own. That, yeah. that is doable, okay? You don't have to come here to hear music. But why, why do we gather and worship? Why is that something we start our week with? Because yes, there are some times where I really believe that, that you need to come and you need to sing a song for you to declare it over your life, to, to believe and, and speak words in faith that maybe don't even seem possible. But sometimes it's because there are those around you who do not have the strength to say those words. Yeah. And they need to hear you sing for them because in your singing, others can find freedom. Yeah. That there is, is hope and healing and power, not just in the things that we say for ourselves, but for those who are listening, mom and dad, Show up to church and sing songs of worship with your with your sons and daughters sitting with you. Why? Because sometimes their freedom will come from your singing. I mean, it's so encouraging to see here that Paul and Silas were not the only ones who experienced freedom. Yeah, they did. This positively affected them, but their praise positively affected those around them. And, and I would challenge our church to think, hey, how does our praise, how does our attitude how does our worship affect those who are listening? Because yeah. here we see that it, it had a great effect, a positive effect on yeah. these prisoners. Yeah, absolutely. A miraculous one. Yeah. And you know, it's it's you're right about encouraging the brotherhood of believers mm -hmm. in how we participate in worship yeah. because you don't know what uh, Joe Schmo had happened this yeah. week, right? 100%. And he might not feel like worshiping, yeah. but if you can come alongside of him and yeah. encourage him in that, it might spur him on yeah. to do that too. Yeah. And, but the other thing that we see here is that these are not believers. Yeah. These are people who are of the world. They're, yeah. they're, they're lost. Yeah. And they are yes. set free. Yeah. So there is a, a freedom in in singing your yeah. testimony yeah. in the dark places, yeah. you can bring the light and the freedom of Jesus Christ into the dark places. Yeah. It is the amazing sound of amazing grace. Yeah. Um, so I love that about this story. And then we get to the, we get to the jailer, mm -hmm. the jailer wakes up and when he saw the doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Yeah. Because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Yeah, it's a natural conclusion. You see all the doors open. Well, yep. well, and they're, I'm dead anyway. They're gonna kill me once they find out that I let all these prisoners out. So. Exactly. That was the punishment that, yep. that you had to take the place of the prisoners yep. who were there if they escaped. And that again, Philippi, a very proud city with proud people. Mm -hmm. He, it was of more disgrace. It brought more disgrace to his family in his mind to let a prisoner escape than it did to kill himself. Mm. There was less disgrace found in suicide in his mind than there was for him to be imprisoned because he failed to do his job the right way. Listen, that is, that's the way of the world. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah. And there's no hope in it. Yeah. The way of Jesus is very different. Yeah. The way of Jesus says, yeah, you deserve to be in prison. You deserve to die. But I did it for you. Yeah. 
so that you could be free and have life and yeah. have it to the full. Like it's the complete antithesis yeah. of, of what the world says is required. And so the jailer is about to kill himself. And what does Paul say? He's like, Hey man, don't do it. Don't, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Like that's a miracle too. Yeah. These prisoners, their chains are off. The doors are open, but they stayed like, yeah. That's, <laughs> they that's didn't. They didn't make a run for it. Literally, something you can't you can't explain any other way but the spirit of God. Yeah. I mean, why would? Because I I really believe if if these were prisoners that Paul and Silas knew that were other believers, uh-huh. that would be mentioned. I, I mean, right. you look at yeah. the the narrative of Scripture and the way that that things are recorded throughout all yeah. of of the New Testament specifically. I really think if these were other believers, it would have said Paul and Silas were taking the prisoners and so and so was there, or believers of the house of so and so were in this place. So right. From everything we read, we believe these are not believers. And even if some of them were, not all of them are. No, de- definitely not. Yeah. As a believer, if I was in prison and my chains fell off and the doors open, I'd be like, hey, that's God opening the doors for me. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. I'll see you later. Right? Like, that's right. That's me. But here we see God's spirit move, and here they're all there. And Paul says to the to the jailer, hey, don't worry, because we're all here. Right. So, so the jailer calls for lights, and they go in. He goes in, in trembling. He's trembling before Paul. And I look, I want to read this part again because I want you to see the life change in this guy. In the, t- in the context of this is a man who was so full of pride, he was about to kill himself. Yeah. All right. So he comes in, he calls for lights. Trembling, he, f- he falls before Paul and Silas on his knees. So this is the jailer on his knees in front of the the prisoners. That's That's, humility. Yeah. The script is kind of flipped there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Mm. You know what I think? I think he he was asleep. Yeah. But I think he's already heard them and how they spoke and how they sang and how they prayed. Mm. And he knows there's something different about these guys versus the people that he usually has coming into this prison. Yeah. So he fell asleep because it's it's in the middle of the night, but he wakes up and he's like, oh man, these guys are different. Yeah. Something something supernatural has happened here. Yeah. What must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour, so, so now they have this opportunity to not just minister to the prisoners. Mm-hmm not just to the jailer, but now to the jailer's family and everyone that lives in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them. The jailer took them. Yeah. Not a servant, not some subordinate. The jailer took them and washed their wounds. Humility. Yeah. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. Not the servant. Yeah. The jailer set a meal before them. That's humility. Yeah. He was filled with joy. Just a couple hours ago, the guy was ready to kill himself, end his life out of fear and dread and disgrace. Yeah. And now he is filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Look at the life change. Yeah. And it's all, you trace it all back to Paul and Silas responding yeah. in worship. Yeah. When they 
could have very easily picked a different route. That's what I want my testimony to be. Yeah. That's what I want the testimony of our church to be, mm. that we would be a church in Harrodsburg mm. that worships yeah. no matter what yeah. so that that testimony might lead to people who are ready to even end their own life, yeah. to be filled with the joy of Jesus Christ and be saved, and not just them, but their families yeah. and their friends, yeah. the people that live in their households. Yeah. That is what we are called to. That is how we respond in worship and why we respond in worship. Yeah. Because there's power in it. Yeah. And there's freedom in it. Yeah. And there's hope in it. Yeah. And it makes the world better. Yeah. Bo, I'm, I'm challenged to think for our, our community, you know, what, what would change, what would shift if we together walked back into schools and workplaces, places of community and soccer practices and all the places we go, when things didn't go our way, we worshiped. Yeah. How, how different would our world be if, you know, it's 2023, in case it's not apparently obvious to you and everyone else, next year's an election year, there's going to be a lot of people freaking out. Yeah. Both sides of the aisle, left, right, center, up, down, doesn't matter. They're all going to be scared. They're all going to be freaking out. It's going to be the end of the world. What would change in our culture if we were people that said, hey, I, you know, the world may be crazy, but my response is the same. Yeah. What, yeah. what what if even in moments of victory and moments of triumph, what if if truly in those moments, what would shift if if while others praised themselves or their opportunities or or those who had 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 you know their support system had built them up, their you know, praised whatever their talents, and in moments of celebration, what would shift if our our immediate response was worship? It's 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 you know really why why do we have a church? You know if we stopped it last week, Jesus is the answer. That's a very personal thing. Of course, we apply it to our whole church, but but truthfully, that's a very personal decision for you to declare in your life. Hey, Jesus is 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 the answer for me. But but worship is our response. I really believe it automatically draws us into community because worship being a response is is not a common thing. It's not an easy thing always. It's it's not the the norm in our culture or world. But but I really believe um, with all my heart. That, that our our community would shift if we showed up to gather together with hearts ready to worship in yeah. all that we do. Yeah. And that was our response, regardless of what we experienced during the week, regardless of what we we're going through in our lives, regardless of the personal difficulties, struggles, or celebrations. We just said, hey, my heart's response is to worship. And you know, we're, we're getting there, but, you know, one of the things that we kind of say around here is that we want to make it in Harrodsburg as it is in heaven. And do you know what it's like in heaven? Well, scripture gives us a, a peek into what that's like, and yeah. in every peak of, of heaven we get, it is worship continually. <laughs> worship, man. It is angels and saints celebrating forever the goodness and the power and the might and the beauty and the splendor of God Almighty. Yeah. Yeah. We get to be a part of that. Yeah. We get invited into that. And that's that's really beautiful. Yeah. And I want I want to be clear that I don't 
I don't, I don't view worship as just singing by any means. I think yeah. any act of obedience to the Lord is an act of worship. Yeah. But, but we are called to sing. Yeah. And not just stand there yeah. and watch a bouncing ball go across yeah. the screen, but to sing. Yeah. There's a choice involved in that. There's a physical response involved in that. There's a participation involved in that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you can sing well or not. It just matters that your heart is in the right place. Yeah. And we don't know that Paul and Silas could sing well. They might have been the worst, <laughs> worst vocalists yeah. in the history of vocalists. Yeah. But, but it didn't matter. They were in the prison and, and they had this opportunity. Hey, we can either sit here and sound like everybody else. Yeah. Or we can impact these people. Yeah. The way that, the way that Jesus has impacted us. Yeah. And I think... It's, you know, it's beautiful what you said that, you know, worship is truly any act of obedience that we follow uh, in, in, you know, in following Jesus. Um, but I think it's important that we recognize that there's a call to worship and to, and to, to do it joyfully. Yeah. Scripture tells us, you know, worship and giving. Well, Scripture literally says that God loves a cheerful, a cheerful giver. giver. You look in the book of Psalms, which is a, a book of songs to worship God and how many times it says to shout, to clap your hands. And and I think, you know, if you know me, I'm a pretty outgoing and enthusiastic person just in general. Um, and and that's okay if you're not like me. Um, but I, I think the challenge is for all of us to respond enthusiastically in worship because we recognize the greatness of that which we're worshiping. You know, Bo, you know, most people listening, if you know me, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big sports fan. I watch a lot of sports. That's kind of my thing. I don't really do TV shows. I don't really do movies. Like I watch sports, right? And last night I was, or a couple of nights ago, I was watching the Bruins play hockey and they're in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. And they shot a goal and made it. And I stood up off of my couch and I clapped my hands and I high-fived my wife and I hit, you know, hit a, a loud cheer and that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you like sports. But yeah. man, Bo, if if I was okay with worshiping or celebrating a goal that the Bruins made, but I come into Sunday church and don't bring at least that same level of enthusiasm and energy, I, I would challenge myself that perhaps I don't have a great understanding of how great our God is. Yeah. Cause man, I, I really hope the Bruins win the Stanley cup. I don't know when you're listening to this. So if they didn't don't come back in time and tell me, cause at least I'll be happy for today. You know, the Celtics, they might win the NBA championship this year. We could have two championships or two of my favorite teams. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But man, that's nothing, nothing, nothing in comparison not even close. To a loving, merciful creator God who sent his son to die for me and fills me with his spirit, gives me hope. That just, it pales in comparison, but how yeah. often does our enthusiasm and our zeal and our energy and our effort go into things that will ultimately pass away when our response should be to worship? Yeah. Well, I, this this is already on the verge of being too long, yeah. but I'm going to go ahead and say this too, that the, the, the etymology of the word worship, yeah. it comes from the old English, which um, is a couple of, it's a word, it's the old English word for worth mm-hmm. and the suffix ship, like mm-hmm. you find in like friendship mm-hmm. or um, scholarship or, yeah. you know, uh, like friendship, it, it, it means the quality of yeah. ship does. So, so if you if you have a friendship, well, it's the quality of being friends. If you're good, if sportsmanship, you have the quality of being a good sport, yeah. right? So, um, so worship mm-hmm. 
is the quality of worth mm. or worthiness. Mm. And so when we say we worship God, what we're saying is, God, you are worthy. Yeah. You have the qualities that are worthy of my time, of my energy, of my enthusiasm, of That's my good. joy, yeah. of, of my voice, yeah. of my shouting, of my singing. And I think we have to think about that in the same context when we're at a sporting event or at a, a, a concert or whatever it is, um, at a school banquet with our, where our kids are, yeah. you know, when we, when we cheer for our kids who just mm-hmm. won an award for something, yeah. in, a, in a way we are worshiping mm-hmm. our kid because we see that they have the quality of of worth of they're worthy of being cheered on and congratulated. Yeah. And I think that that's okay, but we're not supposed to worship anything more than we worship God because there's nothing worth more than him. There's nothing more worthy than him. Yeah. And, um, you know, in terms of that enthusiasm, that excitement, one of the biblical words for worship is the Greek word proskunio. I believe that's correct. And it, 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 um, it brings with it this imagery of a dog mm. kissing the licking, kissing the hands of its master. And I think about, you know, when you have a dog and you come home, even if you've only been gone for two minutes and how excited they are and yeah. they start jumping up on you yeah. and like, and if they're, you know, small and you let your, put your hand down, they'll lick your, yeah. your hand because yeah. they're excited to see you. Yeah. And that's the imagery we get from scripture of how mm. we are supposed to be yeah. with God that, whether we were with him two minutes ago or two years ago, we are so excited. We can't help but kiss his hand, the hand of the King. And, um, yeah, so, so I'm excited about this week and, uh, I definitely am a believer that worship should be our response, no matter what's going on. Uh, I know that there have been difficult times in my life where, just worshiping has helped me through uh, some of those things. And there's also been times that have been really great and worshiping has brought perspective to why they're great. It's not great because I did a good job or because somebody was really nice to me. It was, it's great because of what God has done. Yeah. And so, um, so let's just, just make it our mission to allow worship to be a daily part of our life and to make worship our become our natural response to whatever is going on in our life at the, at the current time. Yeah. I think worship is very centering Yeah, that it brings us back to uh, a place as followers of Jesus that places Jesus and what he's done back in our focus, back in, in, in kind of the center of things where, where he belongs. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this, if you're a part of our church family, pray that maybe this has given you a greater appreciation, understanding, value for the importance of, of worshiping uh, and, and why we, we choose to worship together in song and in giving and in service and in every area. Why do we do these things? Because uh, we, we serve a God who is, is worthy uh, of a response in us and that, yeah. that a response is, is, you know, response is not based on whether or not there's action. There's action. Something happens to all of us. We'll mm-hmm. all experience things in life. Well, all uh, are, are presented with the good news of Jesus because, you know, I, I believe that if you're listening to this, you've at least been once presented with the good news of Jesus. But the response is on us. What, what, yeah. what will we choose and how will we choose to respond? And our prayer for you 
uh, wherever you're listening to this is that that you will choose to yeah. respond yeah. as we as a church have declared is our response in worship to a God who is more than worthy of all that we could give them. And we hope that you know this conversation has been an encouragement and a blessing to you. If we can ever do anything for you, pray for you, or encourage you in any way, or if you're looking for a church in the in the Harrodsburg area, you can check us out online at harrodsburg.church. Uh, you can find our, all of our socials at that uh, address. You can join us on a, a Sunday morning uh, at 312 South Main Street, or if you're not in our area, we'd, we'd love still to encourage you and pray for you in your faith journey wherever you find yourself. And um, we want to thank you for joining us for this conversation and being a part of, of what God's doing here in this ministry. Absolutely. Well, David, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. And this has been the Sharing Our Journey podcast, the podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. We'll see you later.